0: So you're the right down there, so you say something.
1: Hi. Hello. Oh, yeah.
0: And this is me up here.
1: Okay. Oh, great. Great. So great.
0: G'day, everybody. Welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're speaking with Katina Olsen and we're in Annandale. G'day, Katina. Hey, Matt. (laughs) Would you, do you want to, it's a loaded question, but do you want to start by telling us who you are?
1: Ah, Yes, I'm Katina Olsen and I'm a Queenslander, I'm a Murray woman. Um, So I, uh, through my mother's line, I'm a Waka Waka woman and Kumbumeri woman. So Waka Waka being west of Bundaberg, it's my great-grandfather's country. And Kumbumeri is part of the Yugambeh people, um, which is around surface paradise on the Gold Coast. Um, But also Norwegian, British,
0: German heritage.
1: Living here between Sydney and the Sunshine Coast.
0: (laughs) So there's like home for your individual self and then for your heritage and lineage and then also for your spiritual nourishment and then they're all in different places.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It it takes a while to answer. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then I imagine that's similar with, communities that you're a part of that you'd be like
1: Mm. yeah definitely yeah especially being between two cities and the way we work in the arts and traveling between the two and considering equally both as home
0: Mm. yeah and then not even being in those cities sometimes yes like (laughs) up away from those cities do you like being out of the city or in the city
1: uh both yeah definitely being um in the city is amazing as as in sydney Mm. i say in the city is great for um i mean most of my work is here and the community i work within i have strong ties to and have for i don't know the past 11 12 years Mm. um and there's a lot of Nourishment I get from that as well as there's a lot that I contribute to that. But then at the same time, it's also nice being out of the city to have the space to come back to give and receive again. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. When did you first move to Sydney?
1: Uh, at the start of 2007 um, to work with Bangara. Oh. Yeah, I just graduated from QUT in Brisbane.
0: And then since working for Bangari, you've also danced for independent choreographers, but now also make work. Yes. Did you know that you were going to go and make work?
1: Uh, I think there was a point I started thinking about it more. Mm. But going back to how I was at university, like there were... There were units you could take for choreography or, like, putting on a show. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would always be like, "Uh, nah, I don't have the experience. I don't want to make anything yet. Mm -hmm. I want to work for heaps of people and I want to learn and absorb before I even think about creating. So Mm -hmm. there was a long period of time um, where I think, yeah, lots of different scenarios. I also didn't trust myself. I was quite young. I wasn't sure what to make. I also... Um, was hesitant in regards to like cultural protocols and almost being afraid of that and that holding me back because the work I wanted to create was mostly drawing on, um, yeah, my family lineage, cultural knowledges and a lot that, yeah, I didn't know as well. Yeah, that's been so maybe in the last – I think before DMC, mm-hmm.
2: Dance Makers Collective,
1: before maybe just before then I really started thinking about creating.
2: Yeah.
0: Did did something change that made you realize now that you had something to say or that you were ready or you still weren't ready but you should start getting ready to be ready or
1: The yeah, I guess the opportunity came. Mm-hmm. It's almost I don't know, I guess I have this belief that the universe has its own perfect way of making things happen when they're meant to. And so I guess that opportunity with Dance Makers Collective and all of us teaming together happened in its own perfect timing Mm. um, in which I think at that time I almost... I thought I wasn't ready, but I was ready. And at the same time I knew I just had to throw myself into trying something just giving it a go (laughs) yeah
0: um did you kind of feel like well sorry so when i hear you talk about hesitation around these things that you've come from but maybe you don't yet have the authority to shape or speak on behalf of Mm -hmm. is that Is that similar to, like, if I have, say, a, a parent that has been through a war but and I know and I've heard their stories a lot, but I can't speak about it or on behalf of it. I don't know what it was like. Do you feel like you weren't there?
1: Uh, yes. I mean, where I am now is realising that I do have authority to speak on behalf of myself. And I am, I am who I am, and where I've come from. Mm. That being Aboriginal, you know, Waka Waka, Cumberberry, but also Norwegian, British, German. I have the authority always, and I have that ownership always. Um, but I guess to give context of this, and this is, I think I've shared with you before. Um, growing up, I was also, um, always like my mum really always taught my, like me and my brother to be really proud of who we are and all of who we are, not just being Aboriginal. Um, but of course, whenever I would share that with others, like being kids at school or whatever, um, <clears throat> or outside of school the next usual question would be, oh, cool, well, like, do you you know, like, language and do you know your dances? And, like, I would be asked if I'd know cultural knowledge, which I had and still in ways have a limited um, knowledge of many things. I mean, in comparison to what I think I would love to eventually know one day. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I held a lot of shame around not knowing um yeah have feeling like there was an expectation that i should know all this when i say that i'm an aboriginal person Mm. um and now you know maturing getting a little bit older realizing that there's certain histories and circumstances as to why um i know exactly what i know today um so that's That was a big part of hesitation for me in making work and, yeah, being in a place where I wanted to explore and create. um, And I guess being in this place where whatever I create is most of the time can be termed as, like, Indigenous dance because I'm an Indigenous person but maybe what I'm creating is just I'm yeah that can be yeah yeah, it's really interesting Um,
0: and do people come to you for say a choreographic opportunity and ask you for an Indigenous dance piece or do they come to you and ask you for a dance piece
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that has uh, there's been some I can't, okay, yeah, I think there was a company once that were doing, like, they were just doing workshops in schools, and I found myself, um, they weren't blackfellas, they're a company originated, uh, I think, out of somewhere in Europe, Um, yeah, and they wanted to do Aboriginal workshops in schools, and I found myself consulting them quite a bit and just making sure that they understood that if I was to teach I would be teaching contemporary aboriginal dance mm. um not traditional dance nothing straight traditional um and that is because I don't know my own dances and I would have to seek permission for the dances that I do know and I would rather not do those other dances that aren't mine yeah. if the elder isn't there with me. Yeah. It's it's just a sign of respect. So it does come down to that sometimes if I'm asked to do, yeah, a performance or something or like, oh, can you do some Aboriginal dance? And that conversation will always happen first, just so I know we're on the same page yeah. and that what I do is always contemporary.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I wonder about that. If people uh, have an aesthetic expectation, if they expect that what you're going to make or deliver will look a certain way, mm. uh, but maybe not even purely a- around indigeneity and lineage. But I remember even the piece that you made for Big Dances.
1: Oh yeah, the first At, one.
0: Yeah, and and, and Star. I insta and i'm i rem, remember like it not even getting mentioned by the reviewer, like the reviewer just left it out. Just did, mentioned like eight seven other pieces
1: actually everyone's work she mentioned
0: specifically i'm
1: pretty sure she mentioned yeah. every single work but mine but,
0: and i wonder if that's because like uh. her, her brain had a meltdown and was like oh this isn't
1: i can't understand dancing, it
0: can't compute
1: yeah because in that instance i went like it wasn't specifically indigenous mm. um or the, you know they they weren't the it wasn't necessarily like the subject it was more about like the human and the self um you know regardless of what race you know it was just about these walls these barriers that we put up around ourselves and then when they shed you know mm. what what happens from there um and then it Was, I mean, I considered it dance because where I come from seeing and working is dance. Um, But I had the dancer inside an inflatable structure Mm. built by Earth. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, so you actually couldn't see the dancer for the whole work until the whole thing deflates and she yeah. emerges out of it. But
0: you can see so the think, effect that the dancer is having on the inflatable structure.
1: Yeah, and I found that is dance. I mean, yeah. she was dancing inside yeah, of it. Yeah, and you, you just choreographed see her.
0: all of those things as well. So it it's was still very
1: choreographed. Yeah. So it was very dance, but in a way that maybe not many people see as dance. And I think since then, I mean... I've seen a lot of other artists and dance artists work with inflatable structures. Um, but, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not going to say I was the first person <laughs> to do that at all, but I think in this instance that reviewer yeah. was like, oh, maybe I'm she just forgot. Prepared. Maybe she just didn't have mm. anything to say on it. Um, but it might
0: have been But it's confusing. an interesting thing how you know, if we're like, ah. Uh that's not indi that doesn't look indigenous enough to be indigenous dance. Oh, that doesn't look dancing enough to be dance. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, Well what am I what do you want me to do? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And these are all assumptions that I've made True. since. But
0: it's pretty crazy um like that's a it's a large step that you took. Like it's pretty brave. To make a dance piece and put it in front of people, knowing full well that some people might not even see it as being a dance piece.
1: Yeah, I had that feedback in the foyer as well. Really? Someone said, "Oh, wow, you're brave," and I was like, "What for? <laughs> <laughs> what for now?" I just, I just did what I, you know, what.
0: I was called to do. <laughs> <laughs> calling.
1: No, the calling. No, I just did what I was interested in so and wanted to
0: play with. It was normal to you, or not normal, but it was like it was. Uh, it was interesting evident. To me. It was obvious that this is what you had to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was something that I was interested in doing and seeing how. Um, I didn't start with... I didn't know what the structure was going to be, but I wanted something that was an extension of the dancer in a costume. And it ended up being an inflatable thing. Mm -hmm. But I was... Like, right at the beginning, I almost had, like, these transformer kind of ideas of this Mm -hmm. structure Mm -hmm. costume thing in my head. But, um, yeah, I just was really interested in how a dancer could move this and it's, yeah, I don't
0: know.
1: It's interesting.
0: Did you get in the inflatable when you were choreographing it?
1: Yeah, I did. It was really hard, though, because I couldn't see <laughs> what couldn't anything see, could, looked like. You couldn't even like. look in a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't even look in the mirror. Um, it was fun, though, but I spent most of the time outside of it.
0: Okay. Yeah. And was it... Why was Sophia the dancer, you know, Sophia and Dapa?
1: Um, I think because, I mean, she's a good friend and we have a close relationship. Mm. Um, But I also wanted to work with, firstly, someone that um, trusted me and I guess having that closer relationship, you understand each other and where you're coming from. And so there's a language already that you both... Understand. There's, I've, I've, I always think that there's many languages that we use in the studio and say if I was working for a company I'd never worked for before, there's a lot of little terms or just little ways yeah. that we use, words that we use to describe things that yeah. other, others don't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, starting from that point, just working with someone that could trust me and I trusted them. Um, and then it was a plus that Soph was tall. <laughs> she had the limbs to be able to work with the. Okay. The structure was quite big. Like the egg was I don't know, over two meters high or something. Yeah, yeah it was pretty, quite big.
0: It was wild. Mm. Um, yeah. Did it become what you wanted it to become?
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it did. I think I would have loved... Um, I've always wanted to revisit... That work and put it within something else, because I mean, after that development time, I realised it's a very short amount of time—ten minutes. Um, yeah. And a lot of feedback I had was that people wished it was longer. Like it only just started. Wow. And I re- now looking back retrospectively, I realised that I work in this very, like, slow sculptural way a lot of the time um, that certain things take a certain timing to unfold and, th- yeah, it always requires much more time than I realise.
0: <laughs> to, to make or the, the piece itself?
1: The piece itself unfolding, yeah. 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 Um, and then I would like much more time with, um yeah production like lighting and have that an actual development which doesn't often happen when you work in dance it's kind of tagged on the end yeah and i think there's a lot that can happen in collaborate like true collaboration with those yeah yeah with those two Mm. that would be awesome imagine four weeks of development time with lights
0: the whole team
1: yeah Yeah. like and actually choreographing with light in mind from the get-go not Mm. just making movement and then
0: yeah you kind of have to imagine that this thing that you're doing is going to be something once it's lit
1: yeah and then you get to the theater and you're like oh that's not what i thought it
0: would look like
1: (laughs) not that that happened in mine but yeah. yeah Were,
0: yeah, uh, I'm keen to hear because that was a that was a solo mm. piece on somebody else. Now I'm mm-hmm. keen to hear about the piece. What was it like? Twenty dances that you made on QT?
1: There were fifteen. Okay, fifteen dancers. Yeah, yeah. So that was
0: and that also was not a, a massive amount of time to work with them.
1: No, it was a very short development time.
0: And then they were, I guess they had to learn how to hear what you're asking them for. Yes. And w- within also the politics around the fact that a lot of the moves that you would want them to do, they haven't been asked to move in that way before. True. Because there's different. Mm, I found this, tell me your experience. I found this when I started trying to break dance that. Breakdancing has an aesthetic that it has because of the people who started doing it and the movement that they had in their bodies culturally uh, and their lineage. And I didn't even have that foundation of understanding a rhythm or groove or gospel or whatever. So when I came to learn the uh, like universal breakdance moves of top rock or battle up rock or whatever, I actually don't have the funk yet. I still needed to learn how to funk before I could learn the steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I wonder how you deal with that, that like constant situation that a choreographer has when they walk into a room of dancers, but that is somehow um, acknowledged and... uh, S- somehow approached in the standardization of training when mm. you're a classical ballet choreographer or a classical jazz choreographer, because the steps are so codified and the dancers you work with are expected to know the code. Yes. Whereas you're walking into a room where you have a vocabulary, but it's in your body and there's no expectation, even from the student, that they know it. Absolutely. Or maybe that they're even allowed to do it.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, that um I mean, yeah, working with the QT dancers, they had the same training that I had
0: at at that age. Yeah, yeah I right. trained
1: at that same institution.
0: Wow.
1: Um but then Had you
0: done any indigenous dance? Not much. By that age, no.
1: Hardly anything. Yeah, I just there were um Oh, my training was really heavily like ballet, Mm -hmm.
0: on point, free
1: dance, point work. I've seen some good photos of you on point. Yeah, it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Tap, jazz, you know, you name it. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't, um, I was so heavily involved in that world. And I, there weren't, there may have been opportunities around, but I didn't see them. Um, and I yeah, I think I was always searching to find that training, and maybe there was a unit or two at uni that I did, but I really didn't have that um yeah cultural dance training at all
0: so I wonder if you know better than I do how to word this this uh, ability to move with the I like I'm referring to the, the funk that's in within breakdancing comes yeah. from the people that made it, and I wonder what is that thing that is in a body that has been within, a like, a dancing community.
1: There's definitely, uh, I mean, yeah, since leaving QT I worked with Bangara, and mm. then since Bangara I worked with, I'd had time working with Vicky Van Hoot, um, She's a gun. Yeah, and then... And she
0: also has a very specific idea and vision of very, how you should move as a dancer. Very dance.
1: specific <laughs> and very different to Bangara as well. Um, and there's not... There's like all these different, very many different sub-genres of Indigenous contemporary dance. It's not one thing. Wow. Because the, the Vicky Van Hoot... Um, style is very different to the Bangara style. And
0: Is that because of different Indigenous lineage or is that also because of different Western training lineage? Uh,
1: I would say different interests in choreography and how you do that. Um, Probably different lineage as well. Also different... uh, Yeah, really just... I think just going back to the interest in how you make it and what you're making, yeah, um, and yeah, they've yeah they've very different styles, and I, and there's many others. Well, this that is I what I, what's done. the
0: what's the katina style? So is it starting the to be made?
1: <laughs> and I'm still working it out, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I guess I realised having worked with especially the QT dancers and then trying to transfer um, myself mm. in you know, and my style into what they do, I realized that I'm a culmination of all the things I have done. I mean, there's definitely elements of Bangara that always sit with me and, yeah, will always be there, but I'm also not just that.
0: Is that like the attitude with the flex foot?
1: Uh, Mostly like moving from the guts. First, that fire in the belly, that coming first before your back moves, before the arm moves, before. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of that stylistically that has definitely stayed in my body. Yeah. Um, but then there's many other layers on top of that, mm-hmm. um, which differentiates me from just making work like that company makes
0: so what were you focused on trying to get into these dancers bodies when you were working with them uh well
1: i think definitely that as a foundation actually Mm -hmm. um i mean the groundedness and that's not just bangara that's a lot of other um choreographers that i've worked with before and even um non-indigenous choreographers uh stylistically there's definitely a lot of groundedness in my work even if it runs and skips and shunts and jumps it's still really connected into the floor um and this this really sense of like not just groundedness through the feet but it's it's really solid in the torso and the pelvis and it it, has a kind of stability, even though it's—I don't know it's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny to. It's hard to find the words sometimes, yeah. but definitely that—the groundedness and moving from, um, the gut to initiate that. It, it that makes was, total
0: sense when I watch you do it. When
1: I do it as I speak, I do it as I speak. <laughs> yeah. I it as I speak. Um,
0: it's a pity that other people can't yeah. see.
1: <laughs> yeah. But and it was it was really amazing they they got it, um, I mean when I came to watch them when they were performing the work, mm. um, it it took time definitely, but I could I could see when it really started to transfer mm. and that was really beautiful.
0: What do you think about those students becoming dancers and then their dance style being a culmination of everyone that they've learnt from? and you being one of those people and then they'll they're going to be just improvising their authentic movement that comes out of their body and something that you've put in there is going to come out and what do you think about uh i guess uh, how to respect where Mm. all the things have come from
1: yeah yeah um I mean, firstly, I'm excited. I'm really excited, genuinely, to see the evolution of contemporary dance. Mm.
0: Um, yeah, with all these new voices and yeah. new players and information from cultures that had been excluded from the discussion. Absolutely,
1: yeah. and and not one body or self or voice is yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. So that, for me, first, is really exciting. I think it definitely gets re- it gets really blurry. Um but in terms of referencing and talking about the influences that we have. Mm. I mean whenever whenever we have a work or there's a program we have a bio and that is the references for me. I mean yeah. And I guess everyone writes them very differently, but um, I still really try to list and share with people the, who those influences were, who those people that I've worked with yeah. were.
0: And even maybe on a broader scale about when you arrive, all of the people that you're bringing with you mm. in your memory and history and body and thoughts. and
1: Yeah, and I have a lot of like... Um, Vicky Hoot is a really interesting person to talk to about this because uh, we've, I mean, we've had a lot of discussions about
0: calm, measured discussions or excited b- discussions. Very excited
1: <laughs> because you, everyone has this knowledge then in their body, this vo- these all these different vocabularies, mm. and you can't unlearn them. No, they're they're there. Um yeah they're there and they do come up yeah. in in things that you make
0: and hopefully even there's um the mirror neurons that fire when somebody who's got to put this in their body is then watches other mm. dancers that have something similar in their body and then that affects them more they're closer to it yes yeah
1: so uh, it can like culturally when we're talking protocol Mm. it can get um blurry and tricky because some things that are learned are traditional dance and other people's dances and then when it comes up in other works that can be sometimes an unsafe place um it can also be interesting at the same time but yeah that That definitely has to be respected, but it is a blurry place because there's no, in the colonized sense of the term, there's not like a regulatory body. I mean, there's a lot of us that know what protocols and who to ask, but in terms of the wider Australia, wider, wider, wider. (laughs) Um, yeah, there's not an actual structure to go to yeah yeah for that but what i shared with the students mm. was contemporary yeah nothing was um yeah i mean it's interesting because there's still cultural dances within my body um but i can uh, it's interesting i mean i guess if you already know it and you know it's a place to not to share certain things Mm. and you move in a certain way. I think there were some things that I did and only a couple of instances where I stopped myself and changed them a little bit because it would look like this or it would look like that. Um, So there are places where I do stop myself, but it wasn't like every... Yeah, it was just a couple of times over there. I don't know. How long did I have to create the work? Mm -hmm. Yeah
0: what what's your what is in your body from your other lineages what dancing when you say you don't know your dancers mm. uh do you what know your yeah do you know your like nordic dancers or no. do you know if, if they exist i don't even know do the nords uh, have dances
1: yeah i mean i'm I guess still discovering that I've been there, I've learnt a little tiny bit of language which I might be pretty rusty on now um, because I haven't been back for a while
0: How was it? How Did did you feel a sense of uh, history or place or anything?
1: I felt a sense of in a really strange way I felt a sense of being on country this connection to land wow. which is really interesting yeah. because i mean talking about norway it was a place i'd never been to before but when i first went there it was a really interesting feeling that i felt home mm. but it was foreign mm. Mm. yeah that was interesting
0: does that f- do you have a, is it, would it be fair to say maybe a similar thing happens the first few times that someone who has an Indigenous lineage but grows up in Rockhampton, for example, then like actually gets to visit country where some of that lineage comes from, where it's mm. a new foreign place to you as an individual. But yeah. it still feels like you you have a responsibility to it or it has a say over you. or
1: yeah. I think so. I guess it's different for everyone. Um, But, yeah, I also wonder that if other people, non-Indigenous people, feel Mm. a sense of home when they go back to, say, if they've got Irish roots or something and they go back there.
2: Yeah.
1: I can't actually pinpoint who I was talking to, but I feel like I have had this conversation with someone that isn't Indigenous that did have... Um, certain lineage in other places in Europe and they did visit and but I can't yeah I yeah. can't specify I've had that conversation a few times yeah
0: sometimes it helps me to think that there's no such thing as being non-indigenous mm. uh, and it's just about over how many generations you've been displaced from that yeah maybe yeah, <clears throat> because I wonder if say Australia had been split up into many different nations rather than a single nation um, upon colonialism. If Rockhampton was not in the same country, like post-colonial country, as Waka Waka country, if you would be Indigenous or not Indigenous. well... In the same way that, like, yeah, you grow up in England, but you have family in Ireland, but they're different countries, but they're the same continent... So when or,
1: when I'm in Rockhampton, yeah, I'm not on country. Yeah, that's De Rumble Country. That's not my country. But, but
0: you're indigenous to like the this post-colonial idea of a, the nation of Australia.
1: Yeah, but not it's indigenous a funny term. to like this country mm-hmm.
0: that you're actually on. And so when I think about mm-hmm. that, I think about what, am, what like what country am I responsible for?
1: Yeah, yeah. What,
0: what is this? Well, you
1: were born. On Larakea country? Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. But I grew up in Darwin. Yes. So there's like this construct on top of country. Yes. That I grew up within the construct, even though it's on. So I wouldn't ever say that I grew up within, embedded in mm. Larrakia country, but whatever was the culture and community and society that I grew up around and that formed me. Yeah, you had a it connection to it has built to that. on top of. Yes.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: But then there's yeah, so it's but I feel no like connection to uh, wherever this white skin comes from, <laughs> Germany <laughs> or England or whatever. Yeah. yeah but yeah. sometimes some of their music.
1: Ah, really?
0: Yeah, like a jig, I can really get a good jig. Really? <laughs> amazing but then but that's like if i walk past a busker i'm in like an irish pub whatever but then also um when music comes on which i guess is like generally termed black music Mm -hmm. it makes my body move in a different way like calls into calls me to like bend my knees and get into my torso and my hips and my pelvis and that's all very different yeah but then it's like which which Black is it referring to when it says black music? It's referring to, like, black American music. It's not referring to, like, music of... uh, What's on this map here? Zambia.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Even
0: though that is pulled from that. It's
1: been lumped into one.
0: Yeah. And it's not referring to, like, indigenous Australian music. That doesn't make me want to move my pelvis. It's
1: mostly referring to... Still American pop... like, African American, yeah, population. yeah, which is like many another, different nations, exactly. <laughs> yeah, many. Different, I remember yeah. when we and some know and some don't know. True, what those nations might be.
0: Yeah, mm. I remember there was a West Indies festival, mm. the fir- like a day or two after the first time I visited New York, and it was purely a festival for people. Who are of that geographical descent, even though that, even though those islands had been colonised and then repopulated with people of African descent. Oh, but and also not, and so there are then these populations that come to America that appear black but are not African, so they're not African American, and so they're like, of course, all their culture and language and dancing is different, but you just get lumped in with. You do. Colours.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. Actually, and this is why um, I recently had to shorten my bio. Oh,
0: tell me about this. <laughs> Just for, um, Bios are a
1: big thing, I think. Yeah, I had to shorten my bio. So there's a word limit. And I had someone um, helping me out and shortening it for me. And they changed... Um, Waka Waka and Kumbha Mary to Katina is a mix of Aboriginal and European descent. And I I guess, yeah, I wasn't 100% um, comfortable with... Uh, I worked out a way to make my bio so many words while still having Waka Waka and Kumbha Mary. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. because it's important, um, yeah, it's important to keep that and not be lumped into one because then, uh, you know, it opens up a lot of things where I'm not talking on behalf of all Aboriginal people in Australia. I mean, I read really interesting articles that, like, a person from the East Coast has really dramatically different dna to someone of the west coast so far different that like it could be as different as a european to an asian you know like it's completely different so yeah that was me hanging on to (laughs) yeah to what's important yes yeah
0: to what is being said by saying those things Mm. and what's being said is that there's a difference and there's nuance and there's details and yeah, mm. yeah. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about This piece that's coming up For uh, Brisbane
1: Yes Yeah So there's two solos Yeah um, The first one I'm performing On the 13th of April
0: Okay Friday
1: Black Friday. <laughs> it's, the program's called Black Friday. It's really exciting. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it's in the evening, uh, afternoon, evening. I think the whole program runs. Um, it's at South Bank in Brisbane. And this solo I choreographed with DMC. It's from our Dance Makers Collective show, Dads. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting that solo on its own. And I will acknowledge everyone as part of DMC. And
0: Acknowledgement seems in, like in, a big thing, huh?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Like because there was, Yeah, there were other people in the room, and, like especially Miri and Anya, mm-hmm. in um, helping me complete and shape that solo. But, yeah, so I've pulled the solo out of Dads and I'm sitting it on its own and I've called it Yalu Dad. Mm -hmm. And Yalu is a waka waka word. So that's grandfather and then father, dad. Mm. Um, So that's really speaking on the two really different dance histories of those two men, one being, you know, an Aboriginal man, a waka waka man, um, born in 1912. So I had uh, really different experiences. Um, also, in his time, he he wasn't allowed into dance halls. Um, he definitely danced, but his accessibility to even his own cultural dance is really yeah, different. Right. That you know
0: like um, it, it was more accessible than it is to you or it was less he wasn't allowed
1: He wasn't allowed to do to... his
0: cultural dance and he also wasn't allowed into western dance halls. Yes. Imagine telling someone no dancing.
1: <laughs> uh you're not allowed to do anything, yeah, you know. That's pretty <laughs> um yeah, really really not very good. Okay.
0: So but your dad Um does dance. (laughs) My dad dances.
1: And I I mean Colin danced. He actually there's a really great story of when I think he came back from droving for three months. And you know, after they'd finished their droving they'd get their pay and he got good like I mean it was considered good pay. Didn't there were stolen wages. He didn't get paid the same as white fellas. Of course. Um but it was still good pay. Um in that time you know it's a hard time but he so when they'd come back from droving they would go out and enjoy have a beer or whatever and i think maybe he was walking past a hall i've been told this story by my mother because he told her and he was walking past a hall and one of the ladies in the hall there was a dance happening in the hall Mm -hmm. and she's like hey are you going to come have a dance? And he's like, oh, no, I'm not allowed in there, you know, and he's like, oh, and the woman was like, oh, don't worry, all the men are drunk out the back, you know. So he he snuck in and he, and he said he gave that woman the greatest twirl all around the room and had the best time. And he said he was really good at it too. Mm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there were other times when he would have danced, I didn't didn't know about
2: um
1: but yeah he definitely wasn't allowed to practice his own dances or speak the languages or yeah he yeah his dad got thrown off the station for marrying an aboriginal woman so they were homeless living on the riverbanks you know there was this kind of all of this white australia stuff happening at the time but dad my dad um Definitely dance in the Mm -hmm. clubs, you know. And this is one thing that I bring into the work because I find it just really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Where uh, 30 years ago he was part of the official tall ship's celebrations. His boat, a Chinese junk, the Madame Wong, was an official tall ship. So it was docked in Sydney Harbour. For about eight or nine months.
0: It's pretty wild that a Chinese boat is an official tall ship.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was, it was a, yeah, Chinese junk. Beautiful with the red sails, with the kind of slats up the, yeah, really mm. beautiful boat. Um, but on that boat, and th- there were heaps of parties over that time, you know, big celebrations, um, and he was able to dance. Yeah. You know, he, uh, I think, and this is no, disrespect whatsoever to my dad I love him and uh, yeah I know that um of course his heart was in a really great place and he really wanted an aboriginal crew for the boat um but yeah I think it's interesting how the first nations person wasn't allowed was stopped from doing the white dances and his own dances and um Yeah, other people were allowed to. It's interesting. So, these tricky questions and these ironic histories, I decided to merge them. And Mm. I think that's what I I do in dance. And I think that's what a lot of people do in dance is they take the questions and they work them out through the choreography, Mm. through the work. It's um, yeah, it that's the research which I find interesting. And I don't know, I, I don't think I've solved anything, but I think by sharing, you know, this... I mean, I'm the culmination of all of that. I think just by sharing it, it, it does something, it changes something, maybe changes a perspective. Or maybe it's just that simple thing like, oh, there's a blonde, white-looking girl as part of a Black Friday Indigenous program. Like, you know, who knows what that might do to... Mm. The audience or who who that audience
0: is, yeah I wonder if um men because I wonder about this because of my own interest in this, mm. I wonder if men are as are as allowed to dance now as they were during your dad's heyday mm. in in general across cultures yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's in, it's interesting because it's always changing and evolving. The yeah. Perceptions are always changing. Yeah. I mean, if we didn't have men dancing, who would be our partners? And the men have you know there's always been men dancing mm. in, in ballroom dance, or you know, there's been male ballet dancers. But yeah. there's I know what you mean with the social. Um, yeah, I remember growing up and my brother being bullied by all the footy. Boys at school because he danced. Oh, really? Yeah, they would like.
0: And what kind of oh, dancing did, did he do?
1: He was a tap dancer and he'd play that's the drums awesome. as well. What? And he was hated. I mean, that's so cool. Yeah, he was <laughs> so cool. And the chicks loved him. And the footy <laughs> players hated him. So, like, and but there's still a tiny bit of that when I go back home. I still yeah. feel it in the place. And only a few years ago, yeah, I, yeah. Certain things happen, and I was like, "Oh God, it's still here." Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, you that think sucks. that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, did was he interested in learning other dances, like dances from your lineage, dances from your dad or your dad's side or your mum's side, or?
1: Uh, I think if there were opportunities, I mean, I don't want to speak for him yeah. but I think if there were opportunities or if our great grandfather I mean we don't even know if he knew his dances or, or not I mean it, he knew some language but it it was it's a sensitive conversation it's, it's a fragile conversation mm. and we got to other things in sharing but not to there I mean I'm going to assume not, but I don't know. Mm. I think if there were opportunities and aunties or uncles or grandparents yeah. knew them, my brother would love to know them. My mum would love to know them. But they're. And I guess my brother didn't get as deep as I did into certain research and being interested in making work and, mm. you know, he spent time dabbling in playing the drums and... Yeah, yeah learning tap and work for a tap company but uh, not making his own or delve i mean in contemporary dance we find something new yes um so maybe that's part of it in my journey so it wasn't
0: how it. does all of this come together in a 10 minute dance performance for black friday uh, or like, what do you do? What's your process? And then, what do? You, how do you decide what to keep and show and share with people, and what bodies mm-hmm. to put it on? And
1: well, I guess originally it started with uh, DMC collaborating. Mm-hmm. So we had a, and this is was this was a choice that we all made that it would be men and women um, okay. all. Dancing the dances, and so I guess a lot of that has transferred into. Well, it's not a solo because I'm using ACPA dancers, so I've I've chosen and what, chosen to stay with. What an, does ACPA stand for? Oh, ACPA is the Aboriginal Centre for Performing Arts. Yeah, cool. And they're in Brisbane. Yeah, that's so similar new studios, to Nesta.
0: They moved from.
1: They moved from being at the Story
0: Bridge to being at Judy Centre, Yeah. Centre, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Have you taught there? Is that how you know them?
1: Uh, I knew Brad. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, he was still with Sydney Dance Company when I joined Bangara. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, for
1: like a year or two, I think. And I, yeah, I was invited to teach like a few months back or a month back at some point mm-hmm. for a few classes.
0: And so you're going to get these ACPA dances. It's going to be interesting cause, because I did this mm. for you, did the like stampede section.
1: Yeah, you did. <laughs> you were really great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and But I don't have the kind of training that you would get at ACPA. Mm. And now you're going to have suddenly it's like the inverse situation of choreographing on QT. You're going to have these ACPA students that know.
1: That have a certain knowledge of cultural a- dances. Have knowledge in yeah. aesthetics
0: and uh, physical pathways. But then it seems like... Well, from what I remember doing, I mean, I'm keen to hear if you're going to change a lot of the choreography, but I don't remember needing to take on any movement pathways that
1: required anything more than yeah, what Yeah, than what I
0: already knew, knew. from yeah. Western dance training.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so well, I wonder if it's just like by nature of their training, even if they're not doing those steps that they got trained in, it will look mm, different or I'm interested some lineage. to see
1: what it will look like.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, That question also involves me knowing (laughs) what the end of the work is.
0: Don't (laughs) rush. Don't rush
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I've opened a can of worms and I am sitting in a place where I'm deciding whether to keep it as is Mm. because the work sat within a bigger work. And I'm not 100% sure if I... I feel this is an opportunity to find another way.
0: Yeah, especially with these other bodies and their Mm. histories and their lineages, which probably would have, might have similar.
1: Yeah. But then also, it is still regardless, it is still a short amount of time. And it's still kind of like just a window into what I would like to be um, explored further into a bigger, bigger work. So there's a kind of pressure, but, um, well, I need to decide that, but it will be interesting to see how the choreography does sit on those bodies. I mean, what I shared, what I made Mm -hmm. wasn't specifically, um, didn't draw heavily from any traditional dance. Um, but I guess stylistically it still sits within how I
0: move. Yeah, I wonder about that because I just remember stepping, basically lots yeah. of stepping. And I remember growing up in Darwin we had ABC and then that was it on the TV. Eventually we got SBS and then into my teenage years we got an amalgamation of nine and ten and seven. and But... Until then, all I, rem- I remember the interstitials that would cut between ABC programs, and it was quite often a clip. I think it must have been of Yothu Yindi, oh. just like in the camera doing a stomp and doing the hand <gasps> to treaty. Yeah, and that was you know, when you like you watch Michael Jackson on TV, you watch Usher, you're like, Oh, I'm gonna dance like that. Was so in the awesome. lineup, Yothu Yindi was one of those people that, and so. I don't know how to do it. In the same way, I don't know how to dance like Usher. I don't know how to dance like Yothu Yindi, but Mm -hmm. I've seen it enough to almost like do an air guitar level of it.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Um, I wonder how many people have learned that. Yeah. That's beautiful. (laughs) It's awesome. But then you're like, oh, gosh, am I allowed?
0: (laughs) Well, I feel like I'm not doing the thing. Mm. Like he may have been doing a... A traditional or cultural dance yeah but if i do it i'm not doing a traditional or cultural dance because i don't have the knowledge i'm not doing it within the context i'm not part to of attach the community
1: to it. Yeah. yeah
0: and even if i do this the same steps in the same way if they're not part of ceremony or mm. if they're not part of community then they're not it the dance yeah yeah and so uh what was that about ah so when i think about that and it's like in the s- stepping and the stomping as mm. part of yours, then I imagine someone that I've seen with real quick pickup step. Oh, and yeah, I imagine yeah. would they naturally just be more able to be articulate or sensitive or uh, dexterous, if I think Vicky oh, really? doing it or Tari doing it, or, or or will it like just be different enough because it won't be... On Black Tarquette theatre stage.
1: Yeah, it's going to be on grass. It's going to be on the ground. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm interested to see the layers that mm. um, the dancers from ACPA will contribute. Mm. Yeah, because they'll definitely come with their own experiences and their own style layered on top of what I give them. So that's True. really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> 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 oh, my God, it's two weeks away. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. performance,
0: two yeah, weeks away. Think, wow. yeah. Yeah. Plenty of time to finish your work.
2: That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> or
0: to not finish it but to use it to help you keep thinking about mm. this come back. clusterfuck of heritage and lineage and embodiment. And
1: mm. It's really exciting.
0: Where do you... Where do you think all this is going? like what's your biggest hope for all of these questions and research and dancing?
2: Uh,
1: I mean right right now, and this has to do with the biggest hope and well, I don't think there's ever an, an end, but right now it's being able to have the platform that definitely my mother grandmother great grandmother didn't have mm. like and i've also i've had a lot of chats with Vicky just over the past week cuz i'm doing this acknowledging country uh, residency and this has kind of come up and it's i'm going to paraphrase cuz it was really interesting what Vicky said but i was like yeah um as an Aboriginal person and an artist, we are putting our hand up to be part of a continuum. And so, yeah, when she said that, I was like, oh, yeah, 100% really, because, I mean, I speak now about having this privilege to have this platform to share story and these ironic histories about my you know different father figures in my life and yeah really having the privilege to share that and to speak on it and for people to hear it and see it um and then also at the same time making new things but also researching and trying to learn and uncover as much as I can about the old things as well so I know you know where I'm coming from um being part of keeping that culture alive and hoping that you know once I'm done (laughs) if I'm if I'm ever done might keep going until who knows but it is part of that continuum, and the next generation. I've asked the questions that get us to a place. Maybe that the next generation. I mean, we're always evolving. They go a bit further and ask different questions. Um, I guess my hope is that, yeah, we keep asking the questions, and we keep uh, keep keep the culture alive, um, keep it relevant in today and i guess you know it's still it's still often that in indigenous dance is considered historical and the old ways and you know but it it is now yeah museum dance uh, you know you see them i mean whatever but
0: it's like a preservation of a time rather than current people
1: yeah now yeah, yeah. and that, yeah i guess that's why i work in this way in contemporary and mm. finding new ways and the new dances, but also respecting the old and trying to learn as much as i can of that at the same mm. time because that of course informs what i make now um not just assuming and guessing yeah. what it all was before yeah and it's a big dream
0: is it a big thing like you were saying about not only being visible as being Indigenous but being visible as being a woman Mm. and that um, that's part of just by you being you is asking all of this cultural lineage and heritage and perpetuation to be considered in a different way than, say, if you were an Indigenous man running a company or a non-Indigenous man running a company. Like, it's a different thing for you to do it. Or for Vicky to do it, mm. I just don't know any it seems to me like the companies are still like structures that are flagship companies of, like mm. of states um, are still very male across any demographic of ethnicity,
1: yeah, 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 it's interesting, I guess uh. It's hard to know when I'm not a man. What it would, yeah. What it would be like? How the world would treat
0: you differently? Yeah, yeah, I think. I
1: think it is hard. There's, yeah, God. There's definitely things that happen that.
0: (laughs) I guess it's hard to know.
1: I know. I very much know when things are different. You know, but I guess I don't know. All up, it's it's hard to know. I think, yeah. I mean I go back to the, like things are always changing and the, this is a current conversation and it won't be the same conversation all the time there's a really strong um movement right now mm. like yeah I don't I think things are changing mm. even 20 years from now yeah yeah 10,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah
1: you know um, yeah it would be interesting. But I'm not sure how. I think we're in this transition now. So I never want to um, predict or say exactly what it is because yeah. I feel like it's it's changing in this very minute. Yeah, right. It's, yeah.
0: And we're always just catching up. We're yes. always just catching up to try and work out what it is and by the time we've worked it out, it's different. Again.
1: It's done. Yeah. yeah. And Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Do you think about your the generation that's going to come after you, your children or your nieces and nephews or and and try like taking deliberate steps that they would have access to the things that you didn't have access to?
1: Like am I taking steps
0: or, right now? Or no. I mean I know you are as an artist and as a person belonging to this community, but mm. I wonder also if you in your mind, have already decided that the dance that you didn't have access to when you were young or the language you didn't have access to, is that important to you that your children will or that you'll wait until they want to or...?
1: Oh, yeah, I won't wait. (laughs) (laughs) They'll know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. I'll... I'll look, I'm not going to shove it down their throats, but I'll just share exactly what I, w- I mean I wanted to know. Mm. Um, I guess if I have kids, uh, I will, of course, want to share those opportunities mm. um, and let the next generation know, even if they're not my kids let the next generation know that here are the here are the opportunities you need to go here yeah I mean we kind of find that find god I'm not an elder but I do I mean you and I maybe even we find ourselves um, making sure that maybe in terms of the the next generation of dancers. I'm always excited and happy to share. Hey, you should know about this. Hey, make sure you're going to this audition. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you if you haven't heard back from them, maybe just send them another name, email cuz maybe they didn't get it or there's already this exchange that mm-hmm. I think we already do but we don't realize. So, yeah. Um no, I definitely I definitely want to keep sharing and keep um, yeah, letting them know of all the opportunities that are there. Because, mm. yeah, going back to what Vicky said, it's being part of the continuum. I had mentors that did the same for me. And I'm so grateful. And it just happens. Like, I don't think I'm going out of my way to be that person. You just do it because you want to. Mm. It's just this deep knowing that. You have to, and you want to you wanna keep dance alive. You want to keep cul- culture alive.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, it's like breathing. <laughs> You're just doing it, <laughs> but the body knows. Yeah.
0: How do you resolve all of these? So I would say most people have a very complex lineage, but they don't stop to think about it. Or not each part of what they've inherited has a name and a nation attached to it and a dance attached to it. It's Mm. just, it's just messy. (laughs) But I wonder how you resolve how all of these things have filtered into you within your belief system and value system of. um, So when Josh and I were working on the blokes project, what I often would realize is that these men that we would do speed apprenticeships with were not evil but they did some fucked up shit yeah and it's I'm still working out how to humanize each person I meet Mm. rather than demonize them um, for their actions but then also how how to hold them accountable and say that that's not good enough even though it is their culture or their upbringing or their environment, whatever has led to my systems of belief has said that that thing that used to be okay is no longer okay. Mm. And that I don't have the, um, because hmm, I was about to say, because my culture is not under attack, I don't need to defend it and perpetuate it. But in some respects I think my culture is under attack from Uh, being radicalized or being made extreme or being um, commodified and that it's a very different thing to meet up with your friends and go and watch some people play football as to, like, paint your face and start fights with people who have different paint on. Like, (laughs) that's, like, an extremified, radicalized version of what was just a cultural thing to do. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and so I wonder how... all these things that you've inherited, how you let them reside inside yourself in harmony, Mm, (laughs) which is like, actually, I want to respect and perpetuate these stories that we all have told ourselves, whether like the man should always be working in the breadwinner or the story of those trees are like trees that hold spirits and you shouldn't climb them. Mm. Like, both of those are culturally inherited stories about how we should be in the world. Yeah. And some of them hurt us. Yes. And so I wonder about defending some of them but also letting some of them die.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, hmm. It's interesting. I'm trying to think of uh, a a kind of conflict. Yeah, okay.
0: I guess if I said that this area or this structure in Western society is purely for one type of gender, Mm. that would currently be quite unacceptable. It's a conflict, yeah. But in other cultural situations, there are gendered ceremonies and spaces and events and Mm. And so I wonder about that for you.
1: Uh, I guess, Oh, and speaking super honestly, maybe if there were, okay, if we talk black and then we talk white or something. Sure. If, or if, even like, if I just talk about maybe that, that British part of me. I or, have or, no or, idea what percentage. <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> no, uh, I haven't it done a no, no, <laughs> no, you not Because <laughs> it's like,
0: here <laughs> but, um, are you. Yeah. Where is you with all the things that have come to... From
1: all the things. So if I talk of maybe there being, like, conflicting kind of cultural... Um, yeah, cultural differences.
2: Mm.
1: I probably really honestly lean towards... Um, uh, I don't... I don't know i mean i guess i just I'm mean if we're about talking about I lean towards you don't indigenous. have to pick a
0: side no i don't but pick a side what but will you accept and perpetuate mm. if someone's like you're not allowed to play that tambourine that's a man's instrument and if someone's like you're not allowed to play that didge that's a man's instrument
1: yeah one I'll, of them I don't is the
0: insights outrage yeah. and one of them insights like respect for cultural Protocol. Yeah. And so I wonder, i only wonder about how you feel about that.
1: Yeah. I don't know. And if
0: you were like, give me back that tambourine, or if you'd be like, okay, fair enough. Tambourine's a man's instrument.
1: I think still on a lot of it, I'm maybe I still make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, let's speak about the didge specifically.
2: Yeah.
1: Or the yidaki or, you know, whatever you call it. I don't know the traditional term for it Mm -hmm. in my country, but, um, so I've always known in, I can't generalize. I was about to say most, but I don't actually know. But in, I know of some, like, people's, it's, you know, it's disrespectful. You don't play the yiraki. It's funny. It's like, it's a bit weird if a woman plays it. Right. But, I mean, mum said, my great-grandfather said that women and men played it. Wow. But I just don't. You I don't
2: just, know? I don't know. If you've I been separated know. from that. I don't know. That's
1: yeah. yeah, I don't know and I don't have a knowledge in how to play it. And I guess I don't have an, in, a, an interest to really want to yeah, go there. yeah. yeah. Maybe because from most of what I know is that it is disrespectful. Maybe Mm. that's holding me back from going there. And maybe I haven't had enough um, aunties and uncles around to go, this is a really important cultural thing as part of our people. You need to learn how to play it or, Mm. you know, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I think about my mum's dad. Mm him and his wife so also my mum's mum they worked in partnership in trucking mm. and he would do the man's work the physical labour mm. and she would do the women's work of the accounting and making sure they got paid and keeping relationships good between businesses and people And um, but she never owned anything it was all in his name because at, in, just in the culture of that time the woman would marry the man take his name and then everything would be owned by him Mm. and of course he should take care of her because it's expected that the man makes the money and brings it home and we actually when we were doing blokes project development in frankston a man must have been in his 70s he told us that he was a university lecturer and at a time and he would get paid maybe $300 a week or $200 Mm. a week and 90% goes to directly to the wife. Like you get the pay packet of the cash and you bring it home and you put it all out and you give it to her to run the house.
2: Ah, yeah.
0: And then the man keeps 10 or 20%, which in his case, you know, it's like $20 Mm. and that's his money to do with what he pleases, which quite often... And then I made did, like, two and two, and I s- remember going into a pub in Outback Queensland and seeing a man, and they had their change sitting on the bar yeah. where they were drinking, and so they would take their 20 in, and they'd put it down, and they'd get a beer and get the change, and the change would sit there, and they'd just drink it down
2: until, until their 20's done. gone, <laughs> and
0: then they'd walk home, yeah. and that's the 20 that they get. And so, like, that household structure doesn't sit right with me now in the way that I've been raised just because two generations have passed and it doesn't give both parties the same level of autonomy and agency to be able to change or move on from the situation if it wasn't working for them. Uh, So there's things like that where I... See that things used to be a, a certain way, and now they're a different way, and I've
2: mm. yeah
0: think that it's for the better. And they're still they're still changing. Like they haven't. Not everybody's moved on from that. There's still a lot of people where like mm. you become more invisible once you get married because you yeah are not working with getting your own money. You don't have your own name anymore. Like all of this shit, even. Wasn't it the case that if a woman got married in Indigenous culture, she would move to his country?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess culturally going back, Mm. I'm Oh, my great-grandmother's side. I think I'm six generations from Wari, the Indigenous um, Kumbumeri woman, Mm -hmm. um, traditional woman. And then I'm probably myself, mum, grandma, granddad, William. Yeah, another six generations from Kitty, the traditional Waka Waka woman. Yeah, right. I think it's, yeah, six on both sides. So it's too far for me to know culturally what that was. And, well, maybe not too far, but that cultural knowledge hasn't been passed down for me to know exactly what those kinship systems were. Mm. Someone might know, and I'd love to talk to them. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm still searching for those elders that still hold that knowledge. Um, But it's too far for me to compare with um, the white Australian culture
0: of that's in your face every day that you you know
1: my yeah my mum was a stay-at-home mum when she was with my dad and Mm. it was very much that kind of you know he was the breadwinner she ran the house Mm. I I don't know things were probably different and who got what and whatever but yeah that that's interesting growing up and
0: yeah uh, I mean is it something that you would accept for yourself now that you wouldn't have your own autonomy and your, or your own God, no. money coming in yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like
1: yeah and actually I've spoken to dad about this cuz I know in many ways he is quite traditional yeah he walks on you know the gutter side of the footpath and he he does all these very gentlemanly things yeah. and you know the man should do this and that but then in other ways he was like you're not going to drive a car if you can't change the tire yourself. So let's do a little tutorial. Awesome. And, you know, he taught me all the things that the man does. I check the water, I check the oil, I change the light bulb, you know, whatever. He Like, at the same time, he was that kind of traditional mm. uh, gentleman. Um, but he also taught me to be... Yeah, fiercely independent and not expect that from a man. Mm. So that's really interesting to be in it. And now uh, I'm in a place where, yeah, I do all the things. I'm not, yeah, I don't sit within that cultural kind of construct of the man does this, the woman does that. Mm. Oh my god! Stuff that. <laughs> no, it's just it's just doesn't work for me. No. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. No judgment on anyone else. No, you for know? sure. Yeah, it's just different. And journeys. then there's
0: like there's women's dances and there's men's dances and you don't do each other's dances and.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Totally.
0: Uh, so it's it's unresolved for me that whole question yeah. about at which point do you preserve and respect the wisdom of those that came before us? And at which point do you say, actually, I'm glad we're shifting away from that? Or,
1: mm, Yeah. Do you have a gut feeling?
0: Uh,
1: For when those questions come up? Yeah. And then which way you go?
0: I want to work against suffering. So, if people are going to suffer, then i'm happy to play the game mm. of i won't be the person to do that. I remember some of my friends and I were walking through k l and um, we walked over the front porch step of a was it a mosque for oh, yeah. people uh, who follow islam religion um, with our shoes on. But oh. it, I thought it was part of the footpath.
1: Oh, no, and you didn't realise.
0: No, because yeah. it was just like a little tiled out, uh, not an eave, but whatever, it goes underneath an eave.
1: And they t- take their shoes off. <laughs> they take the shoes their shoes the off there, there. yeah, ah, and right. then when
0: they step in. And we stepped over it to, to like, avoid Keep walking going. in the middle of the road because the footpath system was not very developed. Not and even a footpath. I didn't realise, but the person who was my friend who was walking at the back of the group got told off for walking with our shoes on there because it was disrespectful. And one part of me says, it's stupid to give such importance to your belief system that you would put people's lives in danger by making them walk in the middle of a road. Yeah. And the other side of me says that person felt offended and suffered. Yes. Um, and I think, I hope, that it's an ongoing conversation about how much of your suffering are you responsible for self-inflicting mm. because you think you've been wronged yeah. when actually you haven't.
2: No. Like,
0: they felt that they had been wronged, but I don't think it was us that did the wronging. We may have done the wrong action, but I don't think that we... Imbued the wrong uh, intent. Mm. That's why the conversations are so important. Yeah, and I. But I think that's the that's the case across a lot of things. But then I also feel like, oh, it's also up to me then to not be outraged if someone's not aware of or following the rule systems that I've been raised are the same mm. thing. And so, what you're saying about like because my mum's a very independent woman and I see that that's been brought up in my sister as well, but then also in myself and my brother, that we should expect that our partners um, are their own people and have their own say.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh,
0: Oh. Yeah. But then what does that mean when I see people buying into... Cultural constructs where that is not the case, yeah, and it's a little bit live and let live, and then at the same time it's like, well, what about if these are, if there's harm coming to them, and if then it gets perpetuated, of like not no longer having agency or
1: absolutely
0: it's uh, I think fraught
1: yeah, I think that's where yeah, like the conversations is, are so important, and it might work for some people still. And then it might not work for others. Yeah. And then, you know, I guess when you enter into a partnership with someone, mm. it's great that you're really clear on
2: mm.
1: and trying to understand where the other person has come from. Right. Lineage. And expectations. Yeah, because that's when there can be misunderstandings. Like, maybe my, oh, God, actually, (laughs) dad (laughs) called me one day and was worried that I was not going to find a partner because I was too fiercely independent, which is, I found, I was like, wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, that that would be the thing that turns people away. Yeah, 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 dad, it's all right. But it did make me think... um, and that then somehow
0: men need you to be a dependent.
1: Bit ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So like,
0: yeah, it's possibly really oh, true, God, isn't it? It's
1: okay, but I, you know, I I appreciate the concern, and, um, but maybe there's truth in some truth in what he's saying, and maybe. You know, uh, I'm not speaking on just behalf of myself maybe, but there's other situations where people do enter into partnerships and their way of doing things that they they think is right for the other person, Mm. um, they take offense to and they're like, oh, but I want to do that for you. Or like you go on a date and you're like, oh, no, I'll pay. Or maybe they're like, oh, but... Let me do this for you. That's yeah, chivalry. equally. You it. know,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, no, we're equal. Well, you know, it's just just have an open conversation. Make yeah. sure you're clear on.
0: And then I think that uh, to take to zoom out a bit. Then I take that culturally Absolutely. within family units and like when you're going to somebody's place, do you take your shoes off at the door? Because a lot of people don't.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, I do because I grew up in Darwin and a lot of my friends were Southeast Asian and that's definitely a thing that you do. But when I went to Melbourne and people wore their shoes in the house, I was like, Hang "Yeah, you're on, like, Anna. oh,
2: okay,
1: yeah." Are
0: we? Yeah.
1: They're not out in the dirt, dusty. I guess. NT.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or, but then, like, do you bring food or do you bring alcohol or do you bring nothing? And how much should you should you be should you eat so that you don't show disrespect?
1: <laughs> <laughs> or even like. Eh uh when someone passes away in a lot of um mobs yeah. they don't say their name Yes. but in my family we haven't really done that
2: yeah right. it's
1: it's it, i mean it's not part of our um, speaking on the indigenous side waka waka and kumamari yeah. um yeah we haven't done that or that's something that we haven't retained um you know since yeah. colonization um yeah so it's an open conversation and i have ah uh, yeah sometimes there's assumptions that it is that way mm. in my family when it isn't and yeah it's just to
0: have a chat <laughs> mm. yeah and somehow within all this is dancing as yeah, well exactly yeah and how it dancing is for different purposes in different cultures.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, when I was at the barber this morning, I had an acute awareness that it was all men. And I imagined that it was most of the time only men mm. in that barber. Somehow barbers are like, whether they need it or not, that's a whole other gender politics discourse, but like a safe space for old men to go and hang out. Uh, It's a barber store. Yeah, it's like weird men's business. It is. Um, Even though the barber sign out the front says specializes in women's haircuts.
1: Oh, he's trying to get extra business. Ah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely think about spaces where I don't feel like it's my space. Oh. Or spaces where I feel like it is my space yeah i didn 't feel old in enough to feel like, yes, yeah, like in yeah. in even a circle, like a dance circle, what dance is happening, and is this is this my circle to be in, and if I offer something, am I? respecting or undermining what is going on so much consideration well yeah sometimes but sometimes i like would be completely unaware yeah that i'm even shitting all over somebody's (laughs) situation
1: depends on where that circle is yeah
0: and sometimes i want to shit all over the situation (laughs) i'm like if there's good ways
1: as in battle Uh, Battle ways. no i mean
0: like if sometimes i want to disrupt uh, what yeah. is going on? If the chivalrous thing to do. Always is is-
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Find new things. Yeah. Don't yeah. get stuck in the patterns and the routines. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Not speaking on behalf of everyone, but. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I broke your flow.
0: Nah. Um. I hope that we look at the things how they are and don't expect that it's a given yes with all things like with how much packaging our apples come in and with how far we have to tr- like with how nice the bus driver is and with the age mm. and color of the bus driver and which routes they drive, there's, I I think expectation is the wrong word. I think actually most of the time it's just habit. Yeah. Like I said, new pathways.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll, yeah, we'll always change. But we have to work at that as well.
0: Yeah, but sometimes you don't work at it until there's a sore spot. Mm. Are you really, when you're with injury or you're... Assisting somebody with injury, an older person or somebody else, you realise that your walking pace is habit, yeah, and you've got to adjust that's it. And
1: that's true. Yeah. So then, and how s- do we? Yeah. Uh, maybe that find those sore spots exactly,
0: and maybe that's the thing about dancing in and around multiple different cultures, and some of them who are hella oppressed and fractured, and some of them who are. Dominant, but still subverted towards nefarious means rather than productive and Mm. considerate longevity means. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dancing through the sore spots.
1: Dancing through the sore (laughs) spots. Yeah. (laughs) Because I guess... Exploring the sore spots.
0: Something of what you're doing by bringing up... Yungu, Dad? Yana.
1: Yalu, Dad.
0: Yalu, sorry. Yeah,
1: that's okay. Yalu Dad.
0: Yalu Dad is that, that no, you're, just... you're saying that both of these histories are unresolved. Yes. And you're not resolving them for us. No. That's not your job in this situation. I'm playing within it. You're putting them both here. Mm.
1: Well, I am them. I'm part of are they're, they're part of me. Yeah. 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 Working it through the dance. Nice. Mm.
0: Is there anything else you want to cover that I haven't asked you or an epiphany? <laughs> yeah. No, or maybe even like of. something that you try and remind yourself of when you're working, when you're in process or living.
1: Yeah. I. Uh, when I get stuck within... stuck within the work or you know stuck in a place or stressed about something yeah it's always a a grounding and a remembering and the asking of ancestors to be with me mm. that that's what i always try to come back to mm. that's what puts me in the place where I want to be when I ground back to place and to the people.
2: Mm.
0: And that's, I imagine that's pragmatically seeking out people who have knowledge that you don't have and also uh, like a being spiritually available.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, I mean, I always wonder about this... Spiritually, or maybe they're different words for different people that actually explain the same thing. Mm. Maybe it's um, meditation for someone else, mm. just like clearing their mind and finding center and de-stressing. Mm. And for me, it, yeah, maybe it's meditation as well. But it's like having thinking about those ancestors being with me, and then knowing that whatever I do, it honors them. Or knowing that there's someone witnessing what I'm doing holds me accountable, mm-hmm. even though there's no one in the room. Mm. I, I always have witnesses. You know, it's this self-accountability, mm. or maybe it, maybe that brings me back to a place of trusting myself because mm. they're always there. Yeah, I guess that's a thing that I definitely try to come back to. Yeah. so we get so in our heads and so lost within it and
0: yeah you think that you can think yourself to the solution
1: yeah it's not always no. in the head it's no. like yeah, the guts or the heart It's yeah. it's yeah, or it's somebody
0: deeper. else it's somebody else's guts or heart yeah. and you need to
1: you're just like hey can I borrow that <laughs> yeah yeah that's a that's a reminder to myself I'm just going.
0: All right, we're rolling. So we've just come back so Katina can tell us about which emojis she uses, which skin pigment tone for.
1: Okay, so I'm just coming up on a, I was going to type you a message with the emojis, yes. and the last one I've used is two prayer hands.
0: Okay. And They're I'm
1: just going to... Yeah, but I'm going to check how brown because I'm not full brown, but I'm um, in the in middle. The middle.
2: Mid-brown. I've used
1: my mid brown one, which no. is actually probably more cat in summer than cat being in Sydney and busy. Yeah. You know? Yes. I'm yes, actually yes. probably that one, but I've just gotten used to using the cat summer. She's been at Moffat Beach for a while. But and then And it
0: always
1: what else do Is use?
0: every yeah, every skin pigmentable middle. one is middle. Middle. And people middle. as well.
1: Um, the people I use is red dress lady who's actually blonde, but she oh, looks, she's a, yeah, she's well, yeah. I reckon she looks like me. She's not the yellow lady, but she's the blonde one, yeah. but she's probably white, but
0: yeah,
1: you know, I don't say that I've got that color hair cause that's actually the middle chick, but I don't have that. True. Brown hair. True. I got her skin, but her hair. So maybe I just use
0: both. <laughs> Do you know if you send, uh, say, an emoji that used to be a girl emoji
2: mm-hmm. that now
0: has a boy option,
2: oh. like
0: this haircut one, for example, if you send that to somebody's phone that hasn't updated, oh no,
2: they it's get still
0: the- <laughs> a girl, but just before it is the male symbol—the like circle with the oh, line and, they and get an arrow. the arrow. And it's just like a precursor to the standard of the girl emoji.
1: How funny! Yeah, I think so I'd received that once or twice. Oh, yeah.
0: There's like a, what are they a called? Um, alt, alt, alt. Uh, they're not alternators, they'd be something else to signify. Yeah. Okay.
1: So cool. But yeah,
0: yeah. there's Face no, car. My there's no
1: um, blonde hair tanned woman.
2: Yeah.
0: So Stock like, how does middle. anybody on the Gold Coast feel represented? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh,
1: That's interesting. There you go. That's my emojis.
0: Thanks,
2: Katina.
1: Thanks, Matt.